0: Hello, and welcome to episode 82 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of Thor issue one and Star Wars issue one, both re- released by Marvel Comics in January of 2020. The creative team on Thor is writing by Donnie Cates, art by Nick Klein, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by Joe Sabino. The creative team on Star Wars is writing Charles Soule, Art by Jesus Sayez, and your colors are by Arf Panito. My apologies if I pronounce that wrong, and the letter is by Clayton Klaus. This is your spoiler alert for both of these books, so if you haven't read these, pause the podcast and come back after you've read the books. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Noah, why don't you do as we normally do and lead us off with some general thoughts on both books, and then we'll take a deep dive into Thor.
1: Um, I'm very excited to talk about both books Uh, I've I've not read much Donnie Cates and I've probably not read enough Charles Soule but I've read enough Donnie Cates to know I love his cosmic stuff and I've read enough Charles Soule to know I love his Star Wars stuff but at the end of this I'm kind of would I would be interested to see what Donnie Cates would do with the Star Wars book but we'll get into that.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've i I've read a little bit of Donny Cates. I read the the God Country book, which I guess was his sort of first sort of big book to get him as a name. And I've read a little bit. But I also have read just about everything that Jason Aaron did with Thor for the last, what, five to six years. So oh, it wasn't
1: that. It's been like, I'm guessing it's like eight or nine.
0: Okay, yeah. Four. And so, uh, you know, this was this was familiar and new at the same time. So that, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, pretty good accomplishment there for, for Donny Cates. But uh, let's, let's, let's dive into it. Um, Kind of start off with uh, the the hammer flying through and uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, narratives as it goes through. Um, I think that's a good way of sort of um, getting people that may have just come in for, for the Thor run, uh, you know, some background into the world.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's a good thesis statement, you know, what's singular to Thor is his hammer. So to have it be an opening splash page, that's just a good way to get the ball rolling and let the audience know that they're in for some fun Thor stuff.
0: So, um, you know, we, we, one of the last sort of, journeys of Mjolnir we see is as it gets close to earth and then, you know, it's, it's there, it's in the, the, the proper uh, Marvel universe. Uh, it looks like Cap, maybe most of the Avengers are, are in a battle. Um, did you, what did you think about that right there?
1: That was awesome. I actually, I, I didn't screenshot much of this issue because I wasn't putting together any like, you know, PowerPoint or anything like that for mm. it. But I did screenshot that bottom panel of Mjolnir <laughs> just wrecking the monster and the awesome lettering the hand lettering which it looks like nick klein did himself uh the sound effect of the monster's like face being broken in half and uh yeah that was awesome and then uh, just good marvel banter you know and it's clever how they do the marvel banter as well What's also okay never mind i thought i saw something weird but never mind we'll keep moving
0: okay no i think it's cool that they they battled a they battled a monster pretty early on, you yes. know, Thor being a, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of Kirby tales where, where he's battling a monster, you know, you think Fantastic Four battling monsters. So there's something very familiar about that.
1: It also shows where Thor's power is at this point too, because, you know, we started on the hammer, but the fact that we learned later that Thor hurled the hammer from Asgard to earth mm-hmm. just just to kill the monsters and save the Avengers in that moment. It shows how he's now all father. He's not just, you know, normal Thor who would have to fly there. And I like that uh, from the first page, you see the trail of the uh, Bifrost, the rainbow mm-hmm. coming off it. So you know that Mjolnir is sort of like, you know, embowed with this, uh, with this power, this newly, you know, newly acquired power that Thor has.
0: So the hammer comes back to, to Thor and, in, in Asgard, um, uh, and as we said earlier, this is for anybody who came over that didn't read any of the the Jason Aaron. Um, you know, we see that this is continuation. He's got the destroyer arm um, to to replace the arm that he lost. Um,
1: Missing an eye.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tony left him a, uh, a a joke with a sharpie that he wrote on on Me owner as it came back. So um, that sort of is a good way of uh, showing, not telling that Thor's taken some time off from, uh, you know, being an Avenger and being on earth.
1: Yeah, that was cool. And again, like just to establish where, you know, Donny Cates is very reverent, not just to his, the characters he's writing, but to the whole Marvel universe. And he's talked about that in interviews where this is sort of a sandbox for him to play in. And he loves playing with everything. So he's a good writer in that sense where he won't, you know, he'll acknowledge where everyone else is so that, you know, there's no questions arising, like, why aren't the rest of the Avengers getting involved in this or anything like that, you know? So he's, he's very good about recognizing the whole universe when he's writing things.
0: Yeah, and so after a bit of conversation with Lady Sif, we see that uh, Thor goes to sort of the, the, Thor, the, the throne room and has to deal with the bureaucracy of, uh, of being king, which he's not uh, too thrilled about. A lot of trees
1: in Marvel comics this year with glowing things coming off of them. Yeah. I mean, I do like the, I do like how they designed Eggdrasil right here. It's very cool. And I like that the throne is built into that. That's a, I'm, it may be something that I missed in other ones, but normally like the throne is like very stone,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and like, is sort of in a, like, you know, very old fashioned castle setting. But I like that it's built into the tree, which is, you know, central to the, of course, Norse mythology, but also to the Marvel, you know, norse mythology yes
0: yeah, so he's he's dealing with uh you know Volstag who wants uh wants some ale and and some food for for a celebration um he doesn't really want to deal with that but then his uh his brother shows up loki yeah. uh and they they have a they have a bit of a back and forth and a conversation and uh you know very reminiscent of the the way that these two talk to each other
1: yeah, and then Loki points out that uh, Thor, that Mjolnir is getting heavy for Thor, and I thought that was a cool bit of uh, showing and telling mm-hmm. in the dialogue. That was a cool way of, uh, you know, of of writing into the dialogue that that Thor is having trouble by just putting that little grunt in there, and then uh, also showing Nick Klein's art, showing the like all his muscles being flexed Mm -hmm. you know in his arm so like it shows like you know the weight and nick klein's a very detailed detail-oriented artist you know and very anatomically correct so you know he knows how to draw you know musculature well to show that something's heavy
0: yeah and this loki is not this loki looks uh, uh i'm trying to think of the best way to describe it he there's at times where he looks menacing and then there's other times where he looks sort of like meek and mild. So that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty cool take. You know, you never know when Loki's sort of messing with you. So in a lot of the times when he shows up, you know, when he shows up in this conversation, he, that's where he's like got the smirk. And then when mm-hmm. he sees, you know, Thor struggling with the hammer, that's where his face sort of changes. So
1: yeah. is, is that,
0: is that concern or is that him being the the trickster God?
1: Well, that, I mean, I think it's both, right. It's the, well, it's definitely it's him being the trickster God where he's sort of, again, angling for something here. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, Thor demonstrates his power and uh, shows, you know, shows that he can control, like, you know, he can hurl Mjolnir and then stop it dead in its path.
0: Yeah. So uh, moving on, Thor uh, has to give a speech. He's not, he's not too thrilled about it. But the, the speech doesn't uh, doesn't get going, or it does get going, but uh, it is interrupted by uh, an unexpected uh, visitor. Yeah. And a huge double-page splash of Galactus uh, landing. So Great um,
1: page turn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, because he's, he's looking up, and, uh, you know, we, we, we know something is, is coming at him and crashing, but just to see a huge you know crash down of of galactus you're kind of like oh what's going on here now
1: yeah that was awesome i was not expecting that i mean i had seen some covers with galactus on and i thought that was just uh you know like a variant cover thing with thor and galactus Mm -hmm. because there's been a lot of variant covers like that recently
0: so um, you know, in a little bit of the uh, the pre-show talk, we talked about how this was a this was a Thor book, but it was also very much a, a Donnie Cates book. So yes. here we're starting to get some of the some of the uh, the characters, some of the uh, you know cosmic beings that he's he's played around with so much. So you know, a few pages in, we're 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 getting some of that.
1: Yep, definitely. This is a cosmic a Marvel cosmic book at this point, and it's awesome
0: so uh thor is not too happy to 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 see galactus uh you know crash down uh he goes to to confront him um and that's where galactus tells him that yeah, that he came for help
2: yes
1: and uh we see galactus in a position that actually we don't we well we don't see him in often right we don't see galactus in a place where he needs help very mm-hmm. often and it's it's a, it's a new way of seeing him and uh, i don't think you've read silver surfer black yet but there was some there's some cool galactus moments in that book and this sort of draws on that the sort of humanity behind galactus mhm which is interesting because i normally always saw galactus as a like force of nature it's something that sort of couldn't be understood he just you know did things right mhm This time, with with Silver Surfer Black, and of course with this issue, they've really done a lot to humanize Galactus and to show him as sort of like an intelligent being. And actually, I and I think Jason Aaron sort of showed that Thor and Galactus's, you know, Thor and and Galactus brings this up too, is that he sees his end by Thor Mm
2: -hmm.
0: later in
1: the issue, and that plays on Jason
0: Aaron's run um, early on in the run so uh moving on a little bit uh uh thor calls in all the the heralds of of galactus uh and you know we we touched on this but uh to make it even more of a, a donny kate's book we have the the heralds and and the herald that he created cosmic ghost rider um uh, there so uh they're having a conversation uh about what's going on thor is not too too thrilled and the silver surfer shows up
1: are these the heralds or are they guardians of the galaxy
0: uh i, I believe that they're the heralds of, of okay. galactus um and you oh know, yeah I, right.
1: you said yeah the hence the 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 dialogue box right there that says they're the heralds of galactus
0: yeah i i mean i i don't I'm not actually not too familiar with the, the three characters. Actually, I guess there's four characters there. It's like uh, there's it
1: beta Ray bill. Is that, is that what I'm seeing on the right? The big guy with the red armor?
0: No, I don't think that's beta raid bill. I'm going to have to do some research into the heralds of Galactus. Uh, but you know, the,
1: we definitely have cosmic ghost rider,
0: definitely have cosmic ghost rider. we have the, the a number one herald of Galactus show up here at the end is, uh, is silver surfer silver surfer in his black form after the events of silver surfer black which is an awesome series and and more donny cate's sort of creations or donny cate's takes to to make this make this his book while continuing with uh you know the the events that we've seen in the past
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and uh this is a good point to highlight matthew
1: wilson's colors on this book They work really well with Nick Klein's art. Uh, Nick Klein who's a painter normally. And Matthew Wilson brought this very desaturated painter-esque look to the, you know, like to the the colors in this book. And it's very textured and very rough. And I like that. Uh, It looks like it was like, you know, scanned in, like, you know, a painting scanned in. It reminds me a lot of the early stuff that um assad ribich did with jason aaron but different not like you know this is this is has, still has like you know its own style
0: yeah so uh so the silver surfer he goes into a little bit more detail of what galactus told him um galactus said that he was suffering from what is it the the black winter The Black Winter is coming. And and the
1: only person who's ever survived it is Galactus. And Black Winter is basically when the universe
2: ends and a new one begins.
0: So uh, Silver Surfer gives a little bit more detail. um, And I guess they decide that they're going to go either sort of look into this or uh, uh, take it on. And uh, Thor says he's going with them
2: yep he's going
0: so we we then get thor getting dressed for battle um he has a little bit of uh you know a couple flashbacks to his conversations with loki and lady sif um he cleans off he cleans off tony's tony's uh note to him um and then we get a sort of an epic entrance here of uh thor and and some other folks uh why don't you why don't you talk about that page uh there where everybody's entering
1: there's a lot in this book but like then again a surprising amount of like splashes and then just like large panels on pages mm-hmm. so that you get the scope and the scale of everything yeah this is an awesome page you've got you've got whoops, <coughs> sorry you've got thor with the warriors uh with sif and the warriors three behind him and then you have on the other side—that's on Thor's right, with his on his hammer arm, and then on his destroyer arm, to his that to his left, he has the heralds. And then in the background, you have lightning striking down with the flying Asgardian ships in the air, mm-hmm. really epic. And then, um, and then you have, of course, Thor in the foreground, Galactus in the background being swallowed up by the background, with again lightning striking behind him in this epic you know this epic two word line from thor telling galactus to kneel before him because he is the all father so
0: mm-hmm.
1: pretty awesome
0: yeah that's uh that's i i really like i really like the the image of of them all walking and you know we a lot of times we talk about sort of like centering and 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 leading the eye and you know we 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 get that with with all of the there and the and the lightning coming down directly at him so galactus gets up uh has a conversation with the silver surfer um and uh you know the the conversation continues um why don't you why don't you give us your thoughts about uh what galactus tells uh the silver surfer there
1: um i think it i thought it was very cool again tying thor to galactus's fate that that pays homage to Well, not pays homage, but just continues with what Jason Aaron had written. Mm -hmm. But I also, excuse me, I like that again, you can read this as it is because the situation is dire. The stakes are there. They need Galactus to help face the black winter because he's the only one who can survive it. Mm -hmm. So they need to get him to a planet to feed. And only, only the silver surfer knows where those planets are. And he's, um, and Galactus can see into the surfer's mind, but, uh, because of Galactus's weak state, he can't see where those planets are. But it's it's cool to see, again, this sort of like, uh, this, this idea of inevitability and like mm-hmm. this, this cyclical, them- thematic uh, element that's been in Thor again since Jason Aaron's run is that there's just sort of no end to things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always going to come back around and that's something Jason Aaron played with a lot. And uh, also recently in Silver Surfer Black, those themes were explored as well. This idea of it just being this mythology, just being a cycle and uh, sort of how to break that cycle or just how to embrace that cycle to create, you know, to, you know, to keep the cycle moving. So, yeah, I thought that was very cool. And um, again, but you can enjoy this, 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 you know, this interaction between Thor and galactus and galactus and silver surfer without having read any of those Mm -hmm. books though it's still interesting again the stakes are very well explained so that you the intensity and the importance of what they're saying is not
0: lost yeah so as you said um earlier that galactus has stated that he saw his end and it was was brought to him um by by thor uh here in these last two to three pages he uh he blasts thor with uh with a with a energy beam um and then we get that last page reveal um of sort of the cliffhanger of issue one to to get you excited to to have you you know wanting to come back to see see what's going to happen do you think we should say what that is or should we just sort of leave that alone
1: I mean it's hard to explain. It's really cool. So I don't think we'd do it justice to an explanation, but it's just Thor in a really cool new form with this uh hybrid of uh Thor and this like cosmic being. He reminds me a lot of um what's what was that one character that uh Spider Man he almost had it? What was that called? The like where he had like the stars inside him and, and his costume and everything. Oh like that.
0: Um uh captain
1: cosmic or something like that or
0: yeah that or captain universe or something 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 to that that. effect yeah yeah that's
1: but yeah he's embowed with cosmic power like silver surfer and Galactus.
0: so we will get it it seems like we're going to get the the adventure the adventures of that ragtag team of uh heralds going after um going after and figuring out what this black winter is and, and and taking it on
1: yep it'd be cool
0: so i thought that that was a pretty good uh first issue um yeah. it does everything a first issue should do um and it's probably was a difficult position to be in is to do a first issue off of sort of like an epic long long run and to use that stuff and so it seems like what Donnie cates did here was he used that stuff he used his stuff and then he set it up with a twist to make it different. So um, that was, that was pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good writing. I wonder how long that was in the plans for.
1: I, would, I, I mean, like, I, yeah, I can't imagine. Cause like, you know, that was, you know, that was Jason Aaron's book, mm-hmm. you know, for so long. And I'm sure it had to have been him that said he, he didn't want to write it anymore because like, as, you know, that was his book. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine there was a lot of, like you said, a lot of uh, pressure to make it good. But at the same time, I think uh, the overhead at Marvel was smart putting Donny Cates on it. I think that was oh. a natural. Yeah. That was a natural, uh, you know, uh, next step. Um, was just to put him on the book to have him to join Thor in with this great epic cosmic, yeah, you know, universe that, that Donny has been building.
0: Yeah, it seemed like for a while, Marvel, the, the big books were by Bendis. And then there was yep. sort of a transition where the big books were with Aaron. So it wouldn't be surprising if the big books continue to go to to Donny Cates.
1: And I think that's, you know, that's, uh, I think they already are. You know, I think Donny Cates is the superstar of Marvel right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Soul and him are definitely you know, at the top. Um, and, and, you know, people like darcy and stuff like that are getting up there too and other people that i'm probably will will remember after this podcast ends i'm like oh and there's also that person who's doing great stuff
0: yeah they're Uh, i mean they're they're letting hickman sort of play in his own own world of mutants and stuff like that so and this uh, is sort of this is similar to that in a way Uh, yeah
1: except that like this was the cosmic realm was like you know besides thor there really hadn't been much going on inside it like there have been tried they tried to revamp different things like they could never get guardians of the galaxy right they could never get silver surfer right and they couldn't get thanos right you know all that stuff was just sort of going by the wayside and then just bringing him on for thanos really made a cosmic renaissance at marvel
0: Alright, well let's let's switch gears to Star Wars. Uh this is this is another reboot. Um mm-hmm. somebody else taking over for well uh I guess Jason Aaron did Jason Aaron do all of that last Star Wars run, or did that that was taken over by like uh, Kieran Gillen took yeah, over uh, that's
1: correct. He took over a couple of years back.
0: Yeah, so so um this I'll let you talk about this, but this is uh taking place after nearly right after empire yeah or a little bit like a little bit the the end of empire and after empire so why don't you talk about that
1: yeah it takes place right after luke loses his hand which is the opening page it's a cool splash page of uh Darth Vader of like close up on luke's hand being sliced from his arm which was the preview image that we got with the announcement at like san diego i think
0: Yeah. And what I think uh, just prior to that, I think what's cool is, is, uh, you know, with this being an issue one, they, 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 as much as you can, they make this feel like the movie, you get Uh the, you get the black with the blue letters, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you turn the page, you get that huge Star Wars logo, you almost hear the music in your head.
2: Yeah, I did. Then
0: then you get a crawl. Mm -hmm. And then... And then we, we're jumping right into, right into to Luke losing his hand.
1: Yep, which is a very cool, uh, different angle from that moment. And then, then I, I'm, I actually love the, the following spread with uh, Luke's hand tumbling, mm-hmm. and leading your eye through the, the four uh, vertical panels, sorry, the five vertical panels with the inset panels of Luke's hand being chopped off. Sort of uh floating in space as well, leading your eye around in this nice uh circle fashion, yeah, I thought that was a cool that that's a really cool uh double page spread right there
0: so um and I don't know if you know this offhand is this the exact dialogue from from the movie yep so uh that's pretty that's a pretty good uh, page rate Charles Charles soul got there two yeah. pages uh, <laughs> to, tra- to to transcribe the the, the movie dialogue.
1: It's a good way of showing the the you know the the trauma that Luke is going through because then we find out when we turn the page that it's just Luke remembering everything that just happened. He's on the Millennium Falcon. This is after they've escaped the uh, Empire blockade outside of Bespin, and uh, Luke is sort of comatose.
0: No, so I take this back. This is like this is. This is like the unseen moments of Empire. Yeah. Because uh, the last scene is uh, Luke and Leia looking out that sort of, you know, space window as, uh, as uh, Lando and, and Chewie take off, right?
1: Yeah, that's the ending to that. So what's cool about these couple pages... Is that it sets up what at least a couple a lot of these issues are going to be about, which in the movie, it's kind of weird that, you know, l- like, you know, Lando betrays them and then they're already, you know, ready to trust him to go out and find Han uh, by the end of the film. Mm-hmm. So this sort of bridges the gap of how Lando has to build trust with Leia and Chewie. After he betrayed them, and you know, yeah. of course, gave Han over to jo- to Boba Fett. So I thought that was I thought that was cool. I'm interested to see where this will go and how how uh, Charles Soule will handle those characters and how they, you know, how he like you know he he uses that drama to fuel the story.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, as you alluded, Lucas on the the Falcon, he's he's you know suffering from from what he had um and you said that Lando is sort of trying to to get their trust back um we get a little bit of levity here where where 3PO does a very 3PO thing where he he comes in and tells everybody how how he's suffered as as yes. well and you get the you get the two silent beats where the whole the, the the trio of uh Leia Chewie, and Lando give him a look like you know not not the right time buddy well,
1: like, well it's just so sad It just it, it, you know it's you know the original trilogy is so hilarious about just how no one cares about c-3po even though like he goes through the worst of it than like anyone you know he's not built for any of this but like everyone just sees him as an annoyance and like you feel so bad for him and uh i'm I'm, charles Soule's writing the character very well including that little moment
0: yeah so they make they they uh they they make their plans and then the uh and as the Falcon is the, the the Falcon takes off uh, there's uh, you know, there's, there's Luke and Leia talking there's, there's Leia, you know, as the general giving everybody the plans. Um, uh, What did you think about that section of the comic there?
1: Very cool. Leia's written with that, like, you know, spunk and authority Mm -hmm. uh, that like, uh, you know, that's so great about empire. We actually, me and my wife watched it recently and, she was coming in and out of it and uh, just sort of she, she noticed like, you know, Leia on Hoth and she's like, man, she's cold. It's like, but I love her. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. And like, that's Charles Soule's getting that right about her here, that she just doesn't have time to get emotional. But at the yeah. same time, she can be empathetic towards Luke because mm-hmm. she knows that's what he needs in this moment. But with everyone else, she's like, all right, let's just get to it because she knows that's what they need right now.
0: Yeah, so um, she gives them a, a, a rendezvous point that they're, that they're trying to get to. But when they get to the rendezvous point, uh, things aren't so great for them.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, what did you think of this? Because uh, the the, the double-page spread here, I thought it was a really cool image just to see the whole background being made up of blasters, like blaster points. Oh, yeah. Going all over the page, tearing apart the, the Rebel fleet. Well, what did you think of that?
0: Uh, I actually didn't, I didn't really, uh, I focus in on that too much until you pointed that out. Um, I think I was just so drawn into, uh, the chaos of the, of the ships, but yeah, that is a lot of, uh, that is a lot of fire and, uh, uh, sort of gives you the chaotic nature of everything moving around on a, on a static image.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in that, on the spread. And, uh, again it's sort of a nice follow up to what happened to the rebel fleet after hoth after everyone evacuated from hoth and uh so we get to see a lot of the pilots including some pilots from return of the jedi and uh yeah we get this we get an introduction to one of the new villains i guess
0: yeah um we we get uh we get uh two imperial uh officers talking um and that's the, I guess, the newer character that we we didn't see in that in between. Um, they're uh, they're t- no, it's okay. They're uh, they're they're sort of going over battle plans, uh, and things are going really well for for the Empire uh, at the start of this battle.
1: Yeah, this is uh, the new character is a, a female Imperial officer named Commander Zara, and yeah. she is in charge of Tarkin's Revenge. Tarkin's Tar- will. Sorry. Tarkin. Tarkin's will. Yeah. Which it would have been cooler if it was Tarkin's revenge. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Copyrighted.
1: Yeah. I'm going to put that in my pitch. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, the, the battle is is going on and we, uh, we then go to sort of this, uh, uh, rebel ship that's sort of on the outskirts. Um, and they're, they're watching the battle. Uh, and they're, they're talking. Um, what'd you think about this right here? Very cool. I'm liking
1: the new characters. Um, I know, uh, this, this, this one, the human character is Poe Dameron's father. And I know he was a part of Greg Rucka's, um, Shattered Empire. Yes. But I've never read anything with this character. So I really liked him in this issue. And then of course we got a little bit of uh, Poe Dameron's mother, who's an A-wing pilot. She's really cool. What I did like, and it's actually a, something I recommend picking up if you can, is the um, the Empire Ascendant issue. Okay, that came out before this did, and it was a preview of all the new Star Wars titles. And uh, the first bit of that is um, by Charles Soule, and it's a story about Poe Dameron's parents on Hoth, and it's it's a really cool moment.
0: So you you had mentioned the the Rucka books that. Uh dealt with his parents. Did you read those?
1: No, I haven't. I just know about them.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think, and, and we've already done, we've already done our spoiler alert and I may not be remembering this correctly, but I think, you know, those, you know, the tree with the books that uh, yeah. Ray got, I think they went and found those books and put and either delivered them to Yoda or you like hid them away. So like, that's, oh. that's uh, another connection there.
1: That's right. I think I know about that mythology just from watching videos and reading other stuff. Now um, that somehow Poe is force sensitive because of their relationship to that tree.
0: Yeah. So I uh, I have to admit I'd, I did a double take when I was reading the balloon and Dameron came out and I was like, wait, who? Like, uh-huh. I, and then and then I had to do the timeline in my head that yeah. that was that was not him. So, yeah. uh, but you did uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm just kidding. Yeah. This is dad.
0: Yeah. So, so in a, in a very sort of end of a new hope, uh, the Falcon sweeps in and sort of changes the, the, the course of the battle. Um, So, uh, you know, we, we, we have the whole crew there. Uh, Luke sort of gets out of his funk um, and takes over one of the guns. Um, And it's pretty cool to see. Here the see Lando and and Chewie at the controls of the Falcon. Um, what do yeah. you think about when the Falcon shows up and sort of changes the the tide of this this battle?
1: It's very within the Star Wars, you know, uh, formula. But I did like it, and again, it's a it's a cool way of like basically they come in and because Leia's there and she's like you know master technician and uh, and and uh, tactician. I mean. She knows how to lead, uh, you know, to break a hole in the, you know, to break a hole in the in the the, the government, sorry, in the empire's uh, fleet, so that they can get out of there. Which, again, if someone was going to do that, it would be Leia. Mm -hmm. Um, What also I like so, like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot skipped over in between Empire and Return of the Jedi, in like you know, movie wise. Big one of the big ones is is that in At the end of Empire, Luke fails. You know that's a big part of the movie, Mm -hmm. and Yoda brings that up that he's going to fail, and he does fail. But but then by the beginning of Return of the Jedi, you know Luke is a Jedi, like he's fully trained, fully you know like has fully recovered from you know the realization that his dad's you know the most evil thing in the world in the universe. I mean, and uh, but like you know so this. This book seems to be setting up how he's going to have to get over the realization of who he is and also to get over his failure because there in this in this fight right here you see that he's not able to you know to to be a part of it because he's so distraught about the realization of his like you know the, his life being a lie basically
0: yeah, because when he shows up in jedi he's sort of like hes sort oh, of good. got he's yeah. sort of like got that suave he's he's almost more han than he than he is luke's he's yeah, he's very he's very, he's very confident of himself but right here we're still sort of moments after the 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 news was was given to him that he's still sort of still sort of dealing with so the battle is is raging luke is uh like uh reaching out uh, is he is he reaching out to does he does he call for does he call for Ben or does Ben just sort of show up to him in a I think in a flashback?
1: It's just a flashback because he's yeah. uh he's getting flashbacks to Ben talking to him on Tatooine, telling him the story of Anakin. Yeah. And uh but then yeah, this part's really cool. This is where you get to understand how powerful Luke is in the force. hmm I like this moment, this this next double page spread where all the he's basically when he is reaching out in the force here and he's smashing all these TIE fighters together. What did you think of that?
0: I, I did like it. Um it was uh, you know, it was sort of the the moment that uh I mean, I know we have to spend uh you know our our disbelief here, you know, but this was a good way of of getting them out of the the, the fight. I mean if uh, you know they don't have Han here and Luke is in in a bad state so they really wouldn't be able to win this dog fight right. and this is a way for them to 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 win the dog fight and then this is probably a little bit of an indication of you know Luke's in a Luke's in a bad moment right here but this is still sort of like you know and we all know this and this is probably like a very difficult thing to do because like we know how this ends but this is sort of like hey hint you know that this guy's going to be okay and this is a sort of a glimpse as to you know the start of him turning things around
1: yep and also it's uh yeah again it's a it's a it's a i don't know what i was gonna say i'm just agree with you yes you're right okay but, so
0: do, yeah. i do have a question for you do you think okay. like what the is like a like a common phrase like throughout the galaxy and a long time ago when people are like <laughs> con- confronted with something that's shocking to just to yell what the, Cause the, the, the yeah. that's what this tie fighter pilot yells
1: yeah i think it is i mean i would say yes
0: some things are constant uh through through the universe i've got
1: a bad feeling about this and what the
0: yeah <laughs> So, so after that moment where Luke crashes all the, the the Tie Fighters together, they they take a run at the uh, the the Star Destroyer. Yeah, and uh,
1: Lando's surprised at all the modifications that Hans made to the Falcon since he stole it from him. And uh, one of the modifications is that there are missiles in the Falcon uh, yeah. that leave a smoke trail in space, uh, which is again just adds to the the. <laughs> Uh, just physics not working the way that it does in real life in Star Wars.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, what's even worse than that is the, uh, the last Jedi.
1: Oh yeah. When, last Jedi does not care about space when, at all.
0: When, 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 when they're, when they're dropping bombs yes. and, and the, and the lady has to kick the jam wands. I'm like, yeah. wait, what gravity is she using to, to, to have these bombs fall? But no. Yeah. And they're, f- yeah. No time not, not time or place for that right now.
1: No time or place. It's Star Wars. Well also there's a lot of sound in space in Star Wars too. Yeah. And there yeah. always has been. So yeah, physics has never really been obeyed in this universe.
0: So um, uh there's a you know the the they, they, they take the run at the the Star Destroyer and uh the I guess that allows the uh the is it a frigate that they're on that to to jump and, and save all the all the folks that were on it, like Poe Dameron's grandfather or or father, I should say?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bunch of a bunch of ships are able to yeah jump because they cleared they they take out the guns on Tarkin's will.
0: Yeah, and, and that's uh, yeah. that's 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 very much Star Wars. Uh, you know, we, we saw that in Force Awakens, and we saw yes. that in uh, the the last movie where you, you have that one thing that you got to take out and then that lets everybody else either escape or or turn the tides of the to the battle so
1: which reminds me that was something I wanted to talk about with uh, with Rise of Skywalker is the the one thing that they have to blow up at the end right yeah and uh, my wife was pretty quiet during the whole film but right there like at that moment she went like of course that kind of thing like that's like you know like that there always has to be the one thing right like, it's just gotta be the one thing that you have to blow up. But unless you think the Empire would learn by now. They shouldn't just put, like, a lot of stock into one thing.
0: Well, know? also, to that... uh one of the reasons why they were able to, to win in Jedi was because the, the emperor got too cocky. And again, yeah. that's an, enough. He, did, he didn't, lear, he didn't learn. He didn't learn from his, his personal mistakes. He, no, he, he he did it again. And then Skywalker rise of Skywalker.
1: Yeah. He was like, of course we're going to win this time. <laughs> it's only failed every other time. So yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, the, the ship's escape and Vader has uh, a message for, for the, the, uh, the Imperial officer that we, we met earlier in this issue. Um, I found this interesting, but I want you to talk about it first.
1: No, I really liked this. And this, um, this is something that's keeping with Empire, because in the end of Empire, Vader lets Luke and the Falcon get away. He doesn't stop them. And then at the beginning of Jedi, he lets them get to Endor, because he wants Luke to come to him. Yeah, and- so... This, this right here, that's, that plays along with this.
0: I, I, yeah, I get that. But why, why does he have the, why does he have the, 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 the the disregard for Leia?
1: Oh, well, he doesn't know yet. Well, I mean, like he just knows that uh, he doesn't care about her because I mean, he, we cared about her in a new hope because she had the death star plans, but that was the most concern he had for her uh, personally, you know, that's uh, I think that's important to this is that he doesn't he doesn't see her he doesn't sense her as being force sensitive like she is he's too focused on Luke
0: yeah but I mean do you still I I'm still still I'm still still struggling like uh, I we 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 see Vader as this you know horrible terrible villain uh, but as you said like. I mean I know he has motives to to let Luke sort of get out of things or let Luke get certain places but like do you feel like he just still has like this the the just total disregard for 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 his uh for his daughter?
1: He doesn't know he has a daughter. That's a big thing. So he doesn't know Leia is his daughter ever really. Cuz like he doesn't know until the end of at the end of Jedi he senses he senses Luke's feelings for her, and that was a realization. Like that's a big part of it.
0: Okay. So he doesn't right. know
1: Leia is his daughter at all.
0: You're correct. I, again, I had, I wasn't putting everything together. So okay. Boom, roasted. Sit down. I did. Go that to was... bed. Yep. Yeah.
2: Not
0: so roasted.
2: sorry.
0: No, that's okay. So um, we get the we get the the message from from, from Vader to uh, you know Luke is Luke is off limits. Any ship that Luke's in don't don't blow it up don't blow it up which is which is which sort of helps with this writing this comic where you can't you, we, we know that all of these people are, are going to make it so this is a this is a way of sort of like a wink and a nod like mm-hmm. you know you know when the the falcon goes into these epic battles that the 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 odds are against them and there's so much drama but we also know that all these people are in the next movie. This is is a good way to sort of give us a (laughs) wink that like, Hey, this is why that's all happening.
1: Well, it's like, you know, with a star Wars movie, I don't really ever get upset by the one thing needing to be blown up. Right. You know, because Mm -hmm. we don't really go to star Wars for the mind blowing plot twists. right? You know, and uh, the genre bending stuff, which, you know, I love last Jedi for that kind of stuff, but we don't go to star Wars expecting that or wanting that we want a ride you know that's a big thing with star wars and this comic is promising a ride you know like it's gonna be cool there's gonna be a lot of great character moments which is another thing we expect from star wars you know we expect there to be personal stakes as well as like you know actual like you know lives at stake
0: yeah so just to sort of tie this up yeah there's a the discussion of that the the codes have been broken so that's sort of puts them all in a race to uh to to figure out uh, how to how to save everybody. Um yeah. and then Lucas is just sort of after all of this is sort of still moping, which is understandable. Um and we get a bit of another force uh, uh action that he does here where he where he starts to crack the 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 window.
1: Yep. Yeah, he has a force rage. Yeah.
0: Yep. So um the this is like we said, this is a few moments before I guess what we see at, at Empire uh, at the end of Empire. Um so let me ask you a question. Do you think the, the next book is gonna do one of these sort of uh in-between moments, or do you think that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get some familiar maybe we get like a familiar moment like we did at the beginning of this one? And then we get like a bit of a a side, not a side story, but a bit of a a fill in on a a moment that we didn't see. I think the first five issues, like the first trade Mm -hmm. will be all new
1: moments in between that final moment in Empire. I think that would be a great, I mean, if I was writing it, that's how I would end it. Or I'm thinking that would also just fit with it. That the end of the first trade is the end of Empire, you know? So we have this, five issue intense getaway story um, where Leia and uh, Lando have to build trust. Luke has to get over, or at least, you know, start making steps towards recovering from the trauma. Uh, You know, Lieutenant Zara has to try to go after the, sorry, Commander Zara has to go after the fleet, you know, all that stuff. Poe Dameron and his wife have to kick more butt, I guess, all that stuff. Yeah, so I think I think that's, like, the first five issues are just going to be this nonstop chase.
0: And then, as you said earlier, there's a lot of stuff to mine. Like, if this is, like, a 50, 60-issue run, there's probably right. going to be a lot of that... What do you think? There was, like, four to five years between the end of Empire and the beginning of Jedi. So we get yeah. a lot of Luke getting to the point where we see um
1: And Lando becomes a general by return of the Jedi. So yeah, there's gotta be a lot. It
0: would be cool to see, uh, it would be cool to see like Fett delivering, um, yeah. Han, Han to, to, to Jabba. Cause you know, the, cool. I, with the, you know, the, the Mandalorian being a big thing, you know, that, that would be a, that would be a cool thing to, to put into the comics here.
1: If the covers are any sign of clue, it looks like he's going to be a part of bounty hunters. Um, which, yeah, the Libra Mayho cover shows uh, the uh, um, the cyborg bounty hunter Bosk and Boba Fett on the cover. So I'll be interested oh. to read that number one, see if he's going to be a big part of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe somebody goes after Fett and uh, doesn't, you know, we obviously know they're not going to get him. But just to sort of see that, that would, that would be cool.
1: It would be cool. It'd be, it'd be cool to see him trip over things and, you know, act people accidentally hit his jetpack, and him go flying around and
0: <laughs> get
1: eaten by other monsters only to escape, only to be, you know, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. Do you have any uh, final thoughts before we bring this to a close? I, I think it's pretty safe to say that we both, uh, we both enjoyed these number ones.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to see where both of these go. I liked, uh, and especially now breaking them down makes me more excited. Uh, I definitely like the art and writing more in uh, Thor, but the Star Wars book is really great too. And uh, I really want to see Nick Klein and uh, and uh, Donnie Cates team up on a Star Wars book. I think both of their uh, their sort of like styles and you know, especially the stuff that Nick Klein did on Drifter mm-hmm. would lend itself very well to Star Wars. And of course, Donnie Cates is really great at writing space and magic in space things like i would just love to see both of them do a star wars book at some point
0: so if donny cates did do a star wars book would you like to see him do something where we sort of are in like one of these in-between moments or would you like to see him sort of set in the distant future or the distant past where he would have a little bit more free reign to to get crazy with the cosmic stuff
1: he should do one of the in-between ones like in between he should do something like the mandalorian where it's like in between jedi and force awakens like, would you want do, him
0: to would you want him to use sort of minor characters or would you want him to, to play with the big the big toys?
1: Big toys. Give him Luke, give him Leia, give him Han. Yeah, give him everybody. Yeah. He's good at that. But then at the same time, I would like to see maybe him do something like he did with Thanos and like set it in something like really far into the future or mm-hmm. really far into the past. Like do some old Republic stuff and you know. And have that tie into the in-between things, because if he did in-between stuff, he could do stuff with uh, Luke finding the first Jedi temple, mm-hmm. and he could do the history of that in like the far past, like what is like you know when was the you know, like first Jedi temple discovered, and like who was there? Talk about like the guardians of the wills and things like that. You know all this cool Star Wars lore that Donny Kates would be great with, and then get Nick Klein to do. You know the the art at least in the fill in issues, and then get like you know Jeff Shaw and Chad Moore do the before stuff that's my dream I had all the money in the world
0: a Chad Moore Star Wars book would be pretty crazy.
1: It would be awesome to see a Tradmore Star Wars
0: book, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's, that's going to do it for this review. Um, if anybody wants to give us a rating or a review on your, your podcast service of, of choice, we would really appreciate it. If you want to give us a follow, we are on Twitter at construct Pod. We're on Instagram at constructing comics pod. We are on Facebook, constructing comics, YouTube. We are also on as constructing comics. I'd like to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back with a, another episode very soon.